Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Just like that, the final hour is here. OutKick 360, Tuesday edition. Coming up, Chad, uh, outside the box uh, discussion, and uh, we head to the head of the English department at Washington State University. I can't wait. By way of... Idaho, right? So it says on his Twitter bio that he lives in Moscow, Buddy, Idaho. Buddy I, Levy is uh, going to join us in 20 minutes. I, I think the two towns are close to each other. He is, I, I haven't looked up the exact He's the uh, co-author for the book Geronimo uh, with Coach Mike Leach, who passed away uh, late last night at the age of 61. And we've been telling stories and reminiscing a bit on some of the, the top things uh, uh, about Mike Leach, which... The list goes on and on, and the outpouring of stories, the universal love for him. Uh, while that happens in sports, that happens across uh, the, the country in moments like this for entertainment and, and politics or whatever it might be. Chad, it is, it is normally it's very difficult to find the number of, especially on social, all the stories, the number of stories that just pop to mind that have nothing to do with what the guy is employed to do. Right, like yeah, it's it's incredible. I would say the vast majority of the stories, vast majority, are things off the field, conversations, thought provoking uh, details about a subject matter that had nothing to do with the X's and O's that he's known for, and across the sports landscape, no one's doing that. Yeah. Charles Barkley's known for that, but no one's truly doing that, and no and, one weighs in on everything and is entertaining when they do so. Like who who else was. comes to mind that's in that's a coach, a current player? No one is jumping in and and or I say jumping in. It's it's a personality driven trait, uh, and it is a true gift to meet someone and as that person you can make them feel like in five minutes that you've known them for five years. Very few people you come across are like that, but it's even fewer. In, in a current employment like Leach was and to have the jobs he did and win at the same rate that's required to be able to stick around and be trusted in that way. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, by the way, Moscow, Idaho to Pullman, Washington, 15 minutes apart. Nine miles wow. separate the two, just over the, just over the line. We're looking forward to the conversation uh, so we'll, coming we'll up. Here, here's one of those stories, though. Honey. Yes. Talking about all the stories coming in. This is from Lincoln Riley. Okay. When he was on Mike Leach's staff. This was in a staff meeting one day. Says, Coach Leach picks up the phone during the meeting. It rings. He says, hey, how's it going? Then he listened for a second, and he asked, where are you calling from? He kept talking on the phone, and we all eventually just sort of tuned him out during the meeting. Now, a short phone conversation for Coach Leach is at least an hour. So he was talking about this and talking about that, and I was kind of hunkered down working on my own stuff. At some point, the call got dropped. They must have lost reception. And Coach Leach says, can you hear me? Are you there? <laughs> then he closed his old school flip phone. You guys think my iPhone 5 is old. He had a flip phone. Swung it back open and redialed. He said, hey, sorry, I lost you. 
Then they resumed their conversation for another 30 minutes or so before Coach finally hung up. After he was done, we start talking, and I said, hey, Coach, who was that on the phone? He turns to me and says, oh, they had the wrong number. (laughs) That is vintage Mike Leach right there. Incredible story. That was tweeted out by Cam Mashburn. Uh, And thank you to all of the listeners and viewers who have sent us different stories that they've compiled on the internet today. And that was one of them that was passed along to us. That's amazing. Just, hey, well, where are you from? Where are you calling from? And just talk to someone that had a wrong number for over an hour about everything under the sun. Uh, And I'm sure made their day. Oh, no doubt. Uh, David Pollack tweeted out, Mike Leach was one of one. Quirky personality with an unbelievable football mind. Look no further than the Heisman Trophy. One to two and five finishers. Coaches either uh, play for or coached under Leach. Uh, Praying for his family and friends. Going to be hard to replace that space in their hearts. Sonny Dykes. It's hard to put into words what the impact of Mike Leach had on the players he coached, the game of football, and his personality. He was unique and independent with his thinking and a great friend. No one had a greater influence on my life other than my father. Rest in peace, coach. That from Sonny Dykes. And um, uh, Chris Parson, who we mentioned is uh, a commitment to Mississippi State, quarterback right down the road here in Middle Tennessee. He tweets out, extremely thankful to have a relationship with you, coach. He tweets out a photo of him at a recruiting dinner. I uh, was looking forward to playing with you and playing for you. I appreciate you taking a chance on me, and I'll always remember how fun you were to be around. An incredible football mind, but an even better person. Rest easy. And I think that's the impact is it's not just the former players or current players. It's the future players, you know, and the, the connection that he has within that recruiting element. Um, and it's just fascinating, you know, all the, all the different uh, conversations that you could, you could have with him. And the fact that he ran about 20 plays total. Yeah. The 20 plays in their playbook, but they ran them with such expert precision that most teams could not stop it is really fascinating to me. In this era of all of these wrinkles and formations and everything that coaches will do and all the different plays they have, and looks like you're looking at an Encyclopedia Britannica when you're looking at a playbook. You know, he had a, you could put his playbook on a cocktail napkin. And they would have still won uh, most games. Speaking of cocktails, uh, Max Olson tweets out, Mike Leach was the kind of guy who drank Tito's with unsweet tea because it didn't taste good, thus preventing him from having too many. <laughs> Next level thinker. So he would make the drink taste worse so he didn't have too many. He goes, by the way, that's a true story. I had one with him once. It wasn't great. <laughs> I love that. I also love the story that you read earlier from the Mississippi State baseball player where he was uh, chugging water out of the faucet in the in the suite, drinking straight from the the faucet. Yes, yes. Um, it's just it, it, I, you it's know sad. you were talking about who could take that play, and no one could because you'd almost have to be phony. Yes, in order to do that, yeah, because you, he's so genuine in who he is, in his legitimate intellectual curiosity with every subject. But I look at like a Mike McDaniel and think, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. guy. Yes. I would like to hear more from him. Yep. I'd like to watch him interact more, but it's just so different in the NFL. It's so homogenized and corporate with how everything's done with media availability. I don't think you'll see it to that level. Now, if Mike McDaniel got fired in Miami at some point and became a college coach, maybe you see some of that, but there's just no quick successor to all that. Lane Kiffin has some of that and is a very intelligent person, but he's way more deadpan, smart Alec. 
well, trying to troll and gig people. It's where the, Mike Leach would just give you his whatever was on his mind. We talked to Ken Wilson about it, who coached for him, and said anything he thought of, he would say. He'd say to you, he'd say to the team at any point. Well, it's part of what we we talk about a lot with Clay. You know, the lawyer. He's got the law degree. That's what Mike Leach. Mike Leach uh, had a law degree from Pepperdine. Yeah. And you, the way you know Clay's mind works, he's he's thinking three topics ahead of the conversation you're having. And I joke with him, if he ever says, yeah, 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 he's on to the next thing in, in whatever topic he's got going. Mike Leach had a law degree from Pepperdine, did not take the bar exam because he asked his wife, do you want me to come home miserable and making a lot of money or come home happy and not earning as much money? And she told him that being happy was more important. And there you have it. Mike Leach, the head football coach uh, with all of that. We'll uh, get some more perspective on Mike Leach, uh, the author uh, coming up in a, a couple moments. Um, the NBA chat, I like this, renaming several awards. We've got the Michael Jordan Trophy, which is going to the MVP in the NBA. The Akeem Olajuwon Trophy for Defensive Player of the Year. Wilt Chamberlain's name will be on the Rookie of the Year. John Havlicek, Sixth Man of the Year. And uh, there's, a, I think they've announced a few others as well. But I, I like the fact that they're now pairing the greats with the current guys and the brands behind it because our era is represented on these trophies now, if you really think about it. Yeah, who was even on the MVP trophy before Michael Jordan? Uh, I, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure either. It's interesting because yeah, but you're, that's the point. you're basically just replacing, you know, but if you were a grown-up watching Michael Jordan and you're in your 40s or 50s at that point, your childhood was spent with whoever all the other guys were on this trophy. So now it's like they're saying, all right, now everyone in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, you probably spent some of your childhood with Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon, so now we're going to put these updated trophies with their names on it. So then 30 years from now, the Michael Jordan trophy will become the LeBron James trophy, I guess, Then we'll continue moving on that way. Um, I like it because anything that associates with Michael Jordan, I enjoy yeah. with the league. But it's a it's interesting that they're not just going to keep the original guys on the trophy names and move forward with this. It feels like a generational thing more than anything else. Yeah, and I mean you, we do pair names with the trophy. I mean, we, I mean, I think of the NBA championship as the Larry O'Brien Trophy, yeah. right? Um, Kobe's name is now on the All Star MVP award. They did that recently. So there's again, I, I like the the fact that. You're putting the players that we grew up with back on the Yeah, I mean, I like map. it because I grew up with these players. But, I mean, if you – again, it depends on where you grow up and what you like. I, I, I guess it's good. Um, I don't know what the problem was with the other people who were on there. But I also don't know the names of the other people on these trophies before. So, who cares, I guess is my point. Yeah, Bob, you can read more about that at, at Outkick.com. The George uh, Mikan trophy. Now that – hey – Got to stick with George nope. Mikan, um, one of the originals. Yes. Uh, coming up, we will uh, talk with the co-author – uh, who partnered with Mike Leach on the book Geronimo, uh, the leadership of an American warrior. Well, we're looking forward to this. Um, Chad, to set this up, we were uh, having uh, some coffee today in our study. We call it our study across the street. Um, we'll never tell anyone the secret to our no, study. No, it's a very secret spot. There, there is a hack in downtown Nashville that yes. we will not reveal to anyone. That is a great spot to prepare for a show, your work, your trial, whatever your profession may be. And we were that we'll never tell you about. We were yes, we were looking up uh, the bio of, of Mike Leach, and we see Geronimo. We wrote this while at Washington State, while coaching football at Washington State, and I said, uh, I wonder, uh, 
who's, who's the co-author? You know, to get some perspective. And come to find out, we're going to, for the first time and possibly the last time, I'm not sure, um, we will have a head of the English department at, uh, at any uh, collegiate. I mean, I may have made him the head of the English department. I know that he does something with English at, uh, at Washington State. Um, but I think we should just call him the head of well, the English forever, department. Forever, he, he will be the up. head of uh, the English I department. I think even if he's not, we just, we're going to promote him during yes. this interview. So I would tie it in by saying we go to this study um, to uh, make us sound smarter, right? To have conversation and get ready for a show. And um, It's kind of like a parlor, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. really yeah. just yes. talking about the world and, and everything going on. And knowing that Buddy Levy is about to join us will also make us appear much smarter than what we are on this show. Uh, with some great stories and perspectives. I mean, I may even have to throw in a Geronimo question. Off the gridiron. Uh, can't wait to uh, talk with the co-author uh, who partnered with Mike Leach. He joins us next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We've certainly had... Many authors on the program for, for Outkick 360 and in a past life, Chav. Um, but never to discuss Geronimo. And we're doing that today. Usually it's a sports author. That's right. That's right. To, uh, d- to discuss uh, the, the passing of Mike Leach, unfortunately. I'm sad that at the age of 61, uh, such a, a great person and, and someone that you could have a conversation with about literally anything. And if you didn't know him, you'd sit there and listen to him. Because he was so fascinating. And uh, a case in point, the author, co-author of Geronimo, Leadership Strategies of an American Warrior. Uh, Buddy Levy joins us. Uh, he was the co-author, co-author with Mike Leach while he was the head coach at Washington State. He co-authored the book Geronimo with, with Buddy. Buddy Levy joins us. Thank you so much. You are also, uh, to, to clarify, the professor of English and creative writing at Washington State, not the head of English. That goes to show you our intellectual properties here We just in assumed you were the head of the English department, so I'd like to be the first to congratulate you on your promotion to head of yeah, English yeah, department I'll, I'll at Washington State, it. according to our show. So well, well, well done. You, you really deserved it. I appreciate it. that. So how did this come about? The, the beginning of this book and partnering with Mike Leach, I, I take it there were conversations had beforehand about this project. You bet. Yeah. Thanks for having me in tough circumstances. Um, and my thoughts go out to Sharon and the family. It's um, it's just we're all in shock. Um, yeah. So, you know, Mike had worked with my agent, Scott Waxman, on um, Swing Your Sword. And when I found out I was already a fan and, you know, I was fascinated with this guy. And when I found out he was coming to Washington State, I'd been there for decades. Um, I was like, wow, that I got to meet this guy, you know, so. I just uh, made a call and, and went to his office and I brought a couple of my books. I had written a book about uh, Davy Crockett and I thought he'd get a kick out of that. So I showed up at his office and handed him a couple books. And we, uh, you know, as you guys have been talking about, a uh, couple hours go by. Next thing I know, you know, um, we're talking about everything. We had, we sh- we both played rugby. I played rugby at Idaho for about seven years and he played at BYU and, um, and so the next thing I knew, I said, Hey, look, you know, I, I understand you're fascinated with Geronimo. He had a 
picture of Geronimo in his behind his desk. And I said, you know, I write narrative history is what I do. If you like my books, um, then uh, maybe we continue the conversation. And he called me within a couple of weeks and said, uh, you know, I like your style. Um, maybe we can pull this off. I can't do it myself. Obviously, I got a football team to coach here. And I said, uh, yeah, well, I'll do the the heavy lifting on the research and um, we can figure out a, a system that works for us. And that was the beginning of it. That was the um, we wrote in the summer of 2013. What what was that system in collaborating with him on, <laughs> on, on this book? Because, I mean, we're curious because we talked to so many coaches who they devote every waking second, you know, to football and have no real other interest. Mike Leach is being celebrated today for being the opposite of that, having many interests. So what did that workload look like in terms of you guys writing this book together? You bet. And, and you are absolutely right. You know, I've heard a lot of people use the term um, quirky and innovative, but, um, you know, he was driven and dedicated man. And um, so we w- it was an unusual uh, circumstance. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I, we live uh, about eight miles, nine miles from Pullman, I'm, I'm over here in Moscow, and I would um, commute on my bike over to this little cafe called Cafe Moro, and Mike would walk from his house and meet me there, and I would have already gotten some drafting done, and then we would sit, we would go to this cafe and sit for hours before he had to go um, do his coaching. Um, I'd go over there in the morning, and um, but I got to tell you, you know, it, it was hard to go anywhere or get anywhere with him because... Um, he, he was so gregarious and so um, chatty that we'd be waiting for our latte or coffee in line. And, and the next thing you know, he's talking to a student or talking to the barista. And I'm watching the clock going, you know, I, I got a deadline to make on this book. Um, but, you know, he um, he was so interested. Uh, I would uh, deliver a bunch of draft material and then he would read it, mark it up and send me back to the drawing board and ask me a lot of questions, you know, really probing detailed questions uh, about, you know, uh, I mean, questions like, okay, so if Geronimo and his crew are running from the US government, how are they, um, you know, how are they build making their moccasins along the way? Where are they getting water? What do they eat? How do they steal horses? Exactly how do they steal horses? Give me the technique. Um, it was remarkable. Buddy Levy, our guest, uh, the co-author with Mike Leach, Geronimo, Leadership Strategies of an American Warrior. What was it about Geronimo that fascinated Leach the most? Because you said that he had, uh, you, you knew he was a fan of Geronimo before you even had the conversation about the book. What was it that yeah. drew him to that, to him? Well, you know, I think he, um, being from Cody, Wyoming, in the American West and steeped in um uh, you know, the frontier. Um, I think that all played a role. Geronimo, um, individually, I think he really, really admired his um, his kind of outlaw nature. Um, you know, he escaped from captivity numerous times. He had the entire U.S. government bamboozled for a year, a year and a half on the run. Um, and also, you know, he was uh, really, I think Leach was really interested in his, um, you know, Geronimo's tactical maneuvering. And he, um, you know, it was funny too. We, we talked for many, many hours. You guys have, have spoken about how um, broad Mike Leach was and his knowledge and interests. Um, you know, in the however many 
almost a decade that I've known him, um, we talked about football a total of about one time. And, uh, you know, it was it was really I, it was one of those things where I, he, you know, he hated to punt. Um, so I one time I said, well, you know, if you're going to punt, if you have to punt, maybe use a, a rugby kicker or an Aussie rules kicker. And he's like, yeah, I'm on that already. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Levy, our guest uh, who co-authored a book with with Coach Mike Leach. If he were to write a third book, what would the topic have been based on your conversations, if you had to guess? Oh, man. Um, you know, he was really interested in um, uh, conspiracy theories of certain kinds. And I'm not talking about kind of the modern ones. But, you know, I did a TV show called Decoded. And um, he was always asking me. It was about uh, solving historical mysteries. And Coach was always asking me about D.B. Cooper um, and about Area 51. And uh, so I think he probably uh, we would have done a pretty cool book that dealt in some way with some unsolved historical mystery that you know uh, that's what i think what was his relationship like with the entire washington state community i've I've seen the feature of him riding his bike around and walking a lot of places all over town and on campus you talked about him walking down you would bike over to a cafe he would walk down to that cafe what was it like being a part of the faculty with mike leach being a part of the faculty (laughs) in pullman Oh, man, the guy was beloved, really. I mean, obviously, he's a, he was controversial. As you guys mentioned, he said whatever came to his his head. But, um, you know, uh, the Palouse um, loved him and he was incredibly generous with his time. Um, one of the things that I'll remember most, you know, I, I taught a lot of players that ended up, you know, being on his team and um in the first couple of years, uh, I would be up in the booth with my family in Sharon's booth. Um, and and uh, after a couple of years, he said, you know, what are you doing up there? You can't. That's not where the action is, man. Come down uh, with us. And um, so he got me a field pass with Dave Emmerich. They got me a field pass and I usually could bring someone. And I have just incredible memories of, you know, being in the locker room uh, before the game, hearing his speeches, um, running out through the tunnel with him and Emmerich and the other coaches and, and the team and that um, and then being on the sideline uh, for some just tremendous games. But, you know, like you said, everywhere he went on campus, um, he was just so um, thoughtful and generous with his time. And um, there was no one he wouldn't have a conversation with. And so I, I think, um, you know, the Palouse is, is really hurting today. It's um, reading through all these stories of Mike Leach has been almost overwhelming, but in a good way. And one that I came across was in 2008, when he was at Texas Tech, it was headed for a three-way tie atop the Big 12. And Oklahoma ended up winning the Big 12 based on their BCS ranking at the time. But Mike Leach proposed a way to break the three-way tie. He said, let's look at graduation rate of each program. And he said, we're top five nationally for a public school at Texas Tech, so I feel good about that. And then kind of said, you know, we all talk about student-athlete and act like we're serious about it until it's time to break a tie in football or something like that, and then we're not very serious about it. Um, He was a guy who was serious about academics. Clearly he was intellectually curious, but he was serious about that with his football team also. And throughout his time, the graduation rates of his teams backed that up. Um, that seems like someone who gets along with the academic side of a university. Am I, am I wrong or right in stating that? 
No, you're absolutely right. Um, he had he had great ties with the academic community. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, he had a, a mantra in the locker room. You guys probably said it before, but do your job. You know, he said that all the time. And he he would stress to the student athletes that, you know, that doesn't just mean on the football field. You know, you've got responsibilities um, academically. And uh, he took that very seriously. Buddy Levy, our guest, uh, author, and uh, certainly with the show Decoded and uh, with a, a great series on uh, the History Channel as well, which I hope I can ask you a question about at the end of this, uh, buddy. Um, can you elaborate on the, the bear hunting experience with, with Leach on the story? Oh, well, I, did, I never went bear hunting with Mike no, Leach. No, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the book Geronimo. Oh, well, yeah, g g give me a little um, prompt. Uh, well, uh, we will. I'll pull. Up, I'll pull up this up in just a moment, and I'll, I'll read it from the one of the pages I'm looking at here. Uh, aside from that, you mentioned his wife. Um, how well did you know his family? Because you're in the you're in the booth. You mentioned at the at the games. We haven't. Yeah. We, we don't know the family that much. Are, are the conversations with his family as fascinating as he was as a as a, a personality? Yeah, well, I mostly got to know Sharon um, for you know attending numerous uh, home games up in the in the box, and she was uh, incredibly kind. And um, but she was always so riveted and nervous about the game that um, you couldn't really bother her. And and I went over to his house a number of times um, in Pullman, um, but mostly when we were working on the book, um, you know, he was uh, it was just us. And uh, though sometimes it was really funny, he would he would bring a couple of assistants uh, along. And they would be in tow. And I and a lot of times, you know, we would just sit there and talk for hours. Um, and he would uh, I was thinking maybe he's doing this as a kind of um, test to them, you know, like yeah. to see how, like if they're going to interrupt or um, what are they going to really how are they. Gonna, but they would just hang out and be really uh, respectful and quiet for for um, for hours while we went on about many, many things, you know. What do you think he, if not a coach, um, what would he have done? What would it, would he have your job and be teaching somewhere in college? Would he be, you know, a history professor? Uh, clearly, it wasn't going to be a lawyer ultimately, even after going through law school. What would Mike Leach have done had he not been a football coach? Wow, that's a really great question. You know, I think he was so expansive in his intellect that he could have done any number of things. He was very persuasive. Probably could have been a politician, but he might have gotten himself in uh, in some trouble just with how uh, uh, loose-lipped he sometimes was. Um, but um, you know, I, I listen. I I believe he would have been a fantastic lawyer um, had had he wanted to go that route. Um, he did tell me though, and this may have been covered already, but uh, that you know, I asked him like why he didn't want to be a lawyer, and he said, well, you know, during, when he's taking the um, some of his final tests. He found that he was scribbling plays on the blue book, you know, of the test, scribbling offensive plays. And that that sort of gave him the idea that maybe my mind is uh, is elsewhere, you know. Buddy, I was reading a, a an excerpt from some feature uh, with Washington State about you writing the book with Leach, co-authoring this. And they referenced this bear hunting trip, tying it in with your book on Davy Crockett and Geronimo. So that's where I got this from, and I thought oh. you wrote this piece that I was reading. That's not that, that's yeah. Not, that's my my fault there. Um, no worries. If you don't mind, so the the History Channel feature where you were the expert on set that DiCaprio was the executive producer for. Is that right? 
That's right, though. When I when that gets printed, everyone asks me if they can if I'll introduce them to Leo. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't really get to meet him, you know. Yeah, but um, but you were just you were there, and if if they needed some type of insight on if, if you know how was this, are we doing this correctly? Uh, did you have any? Well, go ahead. Well, actually, um, they, I was an on-camera um, expert, a talking head, not not unlike this. Okay. Um, but I was I was talking. Um, about, it was called Amer uh, the Frontiersmen, um, the men who built America. Was the series, and this one was the Frontiersmen. And so I was on with some other experts, uh, so-called experts, book mostly authors, um, talking about the life of David Crockett I, as he went. I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, yeah. the, we we still uh, have the rivalry here in Tennessee. Dave, uh, David Crockett High School against Daniel Boone High School. There's uh, a volunteer here. high school. Yeah. There's a, a lot of. Uh, I'm going to read this book now over uh, over Christmas break because I'm I'm fascinated with Davy Crockett. Let and me, I, I've not read this one yet, so I'll be buying your book, buddy. Let me hit you with you one know, more. I, I will oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go go ahead on that. Oh, I was just going to tell you that, um, you know, Crockett was, I think Crockett was the linker that um, got me to be able to work with Coach because um, he was really, really fascinated with Crockett. But it was also interesting because the um, the show that I did, Decoded, you know, it had all these other episodes, you know, Patton and uh, Billy the Kid. And so he was always asking me, you know, um, my thoughts on that. And we would we would talk for hours. Um, he was nocturnal, too. I think. A lot of people don't know that. Like you, you asked me about process. Uh, one of the things he did would he would call me at like eleven thirty at night, and he'd I'd, I'd be in bed, and he'd say, "Hey, can you get out chapter eight? I want to go over it word for word, you know, start to finish until we get it right." And did I, did it he was pretty did he sleep? If he was meeting you in the morning, and I mean, because there are countless stories about people. We had a, a coach on earlier who he wanted to go to an eleven thirty movie. When they were on the road recruiting, and he's like, "Well, this is the time I usually go to bed." But okay, yeah, I don't know how much he slept, man. But um, he's, you know, he was so uh, meticulous. That's what I was impressed by. Is he, you know, he really wanted to get it right. Um, and I would be all blurry eyed, you know, go down to the office in the house and pull out the uh, laptop and go, "Okay, fire away, coach." Uh, final thing for you, buddy. We we'll tie back into to Leach. Uh, the the per if we're writing chapter one on a book about Mike Leach, do you think it's about football? Are you leading with football or not football? Definitely not football. I mean, look, he's a he was an innovative football coach. Um, and and by the way, I'll, I'll, how many football coaches have been on Friday Night Lights? Uh, but you know, he he was just an interesting person. Um, I think you'd have to. I would lead with um, him on a boat in Key West or something, hanging out in Hemingway country, you know, um, talking about random subjects for all hours. And I, I asked a previous coach that we had on, I said, do you think he would, what do you think, how long do you think he would continue to coach? And he, he said, ah, probably not too much longer, but I don't know what he'd be, be doing. I could see Mike Leach hosting a show like Decoded with you. Uh, I think he well, would. <laughs> It's funny because we talked about that. You know, I, okay. I really um, I had uh, my my last correspondence with him was on November 28th. We were texting back and forth. I'd sent him my new book and we were going to talk about it after the season. And um, but a number of times, you know, we did we did a lot of phone, um, a lot of just a lot of time on the phone. And, um, you know, he said, hey, when are we going to do the next project? We, we should probably do a show. Um, and I'm like, yeah, we probably should. Thanks so much for the the perspective on uh, on short notice here, um, and and how it all came together. We we appreciate the insight, 
And you gave us a different side of Mike Leach, the author, instead of the coach, which is really cool. Thanks a lot. And um, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. I would have loved to watch that show, too. Thank yeah, you, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Buddy Levy, our, our guest. And uh, I'm buying the book. I'm, I'm, send, I'm ordering right now off of Amazon. And um, I look forward to it because it been uh, read read a couple of things this this summer and I'm looking forward to this just based on the the storyline of of buddy there but also knowing Leach's passion for it Geronimo and uh, Davy Crockett books from buddy yeah. I will be purchasing and reading and many more uh, many more at uh, at buddylevy.com uh, Chad Looking through uh, some of the other headlines today let's talk about Kenny and Montalolo and, and a little bit yes because this is this is a story that's interesting for who, who's firing him. Navy fires him in the locker room post-game right after he loses to Army. And it's one thing if it's like Auburn, Alabama, and it happens at the Iron Bowl, right? But th- at the, the Naval Academy, this is something that I just did not expect given the fact that you know it's always a neutral site game and everything else involved with it. You would think that it wouldn't happen in the locker room it would happen afterwards. 109 and 83. That was Ken Niamatololo's record. He's the winningest coach in the history of the Naval Academy. Now, he's had three straight non-bowl seasons um, and this loss to, to Army. The AD, I know, said it had nothing to do with a fumble or this one loss. It was something that was you know on our minds for a while. This just isn't how you conduct business. Yeah. I don't think you conduct business really anywhere unless someone has aggrieved you or your university in some way and is doing something to embarrass the university. That is definitely not Ken Niamatololo. And Ken Niamatololo talking to ESPN for this story said, I looked at the athletic director and said, let's just, let's just calm down and cool out and we can talk tomorrow about this or this week. And it was Chet Gladchuk is the name of the athletic director he said that he was moving on. And, um, you know, Niamatolo said, first of all, we just got kicked in the gut. I'm a little numb prior to him saying that I've been fired, so I couldn't really comprehend most of it. And I said, Chet, why don't you take some time to relax? And he said, well, it's been building up with him getting fired. It sounds like a very emotional reaction for a guy who's never fired anyone. Look, I, I get that he's saying our expectations are that we win the Commander-in-Chief trophy between Air Force, Army, and Navy, that we beat Army, and that we go to a bowl game. In the last three years, those things haven't been happening. So the trend was not good. I, I understand all of that, but he's still your winningest <laughs> coach well, in history. I, I don't but understand. even with that, like, again, just take the day. Like, oh. Get with him on Sunday or Monday yeah, let him. And, and decide. Like, let, let the guy just process everything after that loss and the way they lost after the game. There was no... This goes back to the Amy Adams Strunk firing John Robinson thing to me. I had flashbacks to it. I'm thinking, why after that game? By the way, both games happened in Philly, which is an interesting side note. The early... The except, she, except she says she made up her mind before the made game. Made up her mind before that. and then defi- But I'm yeah. just thinking, just wait until the end of the season. And with this, uh, for Chet, I'm thinking, Chet, let's wait. Let's just wait a beat, bud. And let's do this on Sunday or Monday. There's no need to fire the head coach in the locker room. After the end. It's a very odd story, especially at a place like Navy, for this to happen. And also now you've got Ken Namatololo saying, well, here are the things that we have to go against at Navy. 
One of them being there's no exception to give a guy an extra year of eligibility. So the COVID year said we're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores against sixth-year players. Army allowed it. Air Force allowed it. The Naval Academy, you have four years of eligibility. That's the rule at the Naval Academy. He talks about sharing an indoor facility with the gymnastics team and that there are times where they're out in the rain practicing because the gymnasts have the indoor facility. And, and he no, said, nowhere else is that happening when we have this level of exposure. There's no drastic change with the transfer portal. You know, you go there and you're the, you're the four-year guy. And also, like, it's going to be very difficult to find another version of Ken Niamatololo because he's had options to bolt. He did. And if he wanted to, he'd probably think it now, man, I should have taken one of those options yeah, before. But, but, he, but he's, he was committed to the, the culture and the, the overall sales the, the selling point of what the Naval Academy was and what it meant. And at, at one point, they were a, a very good, solid team. I mean, they're, they're always a team you've got to prepare for because oh, yeah. it's, it's different. They're um, winning nine and ten games a yes, year for a time. Yes. And, and easily you know, beating Army. You know, They had that long streak against Army under him where they had the upper hand. They've lost that. Yeah, Jeff Munkin now has the upper hand at Army. Here's another thing that Nia Malatololo said. If we lose next year, don't worry about firing me. I'll resign. He told the AD in that moment. You don't have to pay me a dime. I'm not looking for a raise. I'm not looking for anything. I just want to finish out my contract. We're finally coming out of the pandemic. I'd be lying Hmm. if I said I wasn't disappointed. I thought we stood for something different at Navy. Ken Niamatololo is winning this feud with the AD. Now, the AD says we have corporate partnerships to worry about. You know, there are very clear expectations with the program. I understand all that, but man, that, there's a time and a That place. is not the guy you fire in the locker room after a loss like that. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. Coming up, we've got a couple of really funny stories with, with Mike Leach, uh, the, the Pac 12 mascot fight, and how he signed uh, one of uh, his books for a fan. And it involved Craig James. That's oh, yes, it does. Next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360. Wrapping up here on the... Tuesday edition. Hit us up uh, on on Twitter. Outkick360 is where you can follow us. You can also uh, do that on the YouTube chat where you can chat with Chad. Um, I need to jump in this. You got to get in on the chat. I know. Uh, You have to have your own channel, right? This should be a Chutton chat and not a Chad chat. I don't don't know if I have an official account for YouTube. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I do, but I've done nothing with it. (laughs) I think I I only subscribed to Outkick360. I'm not subscribed to in the Outkick channel. Maybe. It's like you with VolQuest. You have a membership, but you don't chat there either. You don't. Post. No, no, no. I can chat. Like I, it says, it shows up. Chad with her. I'm logged into YouTube. Oh, I see. But I'm saying it's not like I've gone through and said, "What all channels do I need to subscribe to on YouTube?" I'm just subscribed <laughs> to our shows, and then I go in and do this every day. Um, I use YouTube to watch our show. Yes. And watch movie trailers. 
That's the extent of my YouTube usage. If there's a movie trailer I want to see, I'm, I'm on YouTube to watch that. I'm watching trials and then I, you know, funny clips and then Chad and I, we swap YouTube links. If there's any celebrity trial, then Hutton's on there watching every second of it. Yes. It's, it's my gossip. I, I feed the gossip needs here uh, on Outkick 360. Uh, Mike Leach, here he is, uh, the Pac-12 mascot fight. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Or it's unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. Great. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff activists. there. As far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? The Kugel find a way, uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and, uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your, uh, your chances or your openings. Oh, long live Mike Leach and all of those clips and all of those quotes. Just terrific. Well, just the, the I love the breakdown to... of the Ute. You know, again, is he on horseback? Did he trade for a rifle? That's going to go a long way if he's got a rifle. I love that. Well, the ability to just take a question and just give you a, I mean, his mind's working in real time. You know, he's just not making up some BS in five seconds. He would go on for two minutes, three minutes, an hour. Uh, yeah. And then the rivalry with, uh, with Texas Tech, you know, he, he's going after the, he says he, they cheated him out of money and he said, I'll, I'll sue them as long as it takes. And uh, that, it all stemmed back to the Craig James son incident where they said that, you know, he had the concussion. They sent him to, uh, but Leach sent him to like the uh, off the field, but then uh, the dark uh, was at the shed first, locked him in a shed. It's a hilarious story. Uh, I, I, uh, with all apologies to the James family, I can't, yeah, oh, I it's always laugh every time I hear the story. What happened was he was supposed to practice, and Craig James' son came to practice with shades on. Or he, maybe he wasn't supposed to be wearing sunglasses, but he was doing something on the sideline of practice with shades on. And when asked why he's wearing shades, Mike Lee, he says, well, I've, I've had a concussion, so I'm sensitive to light. And he said, oh, if that's the case, let me help you out. And he walked him to a shed and said, you can stay in the shed now <laughs> so you're sensitive to light and stay away from practice at that point. And that's where all the accusations started. So uh, Swing Your Sword, the book uh, from, from Mike Leach, the, we'll put this back up. Because I'm referencing it. The, the, the never forget uh, moment to Mick. He signs the CJK5H to Mick, CJK5H. Uh, and then he signs it Mike Leach. Uh, but CJK5H stands for Craig James Killed Five Hookers. He signed the book with that for a, uh, a fan and reader of this book that signed, that showed up to the 
to the uh, book signing at the at the store. Crazy. Any truth to the rumors that Craig James actually killed five hookers, Davey? Do you I know? I mean, are you aware of anything of this? That's the first I've heard of that, but that's a quite yeah, the accusation I, from Mike Leach. Quite the accusation, not one I'd put past Coach Leach, but I, I don't believe there's any validity to okay. it at this point. So no, Davey's our resident uh, law school uh, dropout, like Mike Leach. So we have to. No, ask we him both, all we legal both questions. graduated. We both graduated. Just decided not to be lawyers. We just decided not to be. Yeah, Hutton was talking about it earlier. I mean, Coach Leach played a big impact on me whenever I was going through. I was looking for like-minded individuals that worked in the world of sports but also got the law degree and so stuck it out. But uh, I guess you're stuck with me now because of that. And uh, my, my favorite story about Coach Leach goes back to the Red River rivalry uh, back in 1999 whenever Texas was the favorite over Oklahoma. Coach Leach drew up a fake play sheet to then have staged and dropped closer to the Texas assistants. They then picked it up, thought this can't be real and so they are using that play sheet early on in the first quarter. And, of course, Coach Leach decided, I'm going to have plays that counter where the holes are going to be based off what Texas is going to do to adjust to the play sheet they found. Texas gets down 17 to nothing. They're able to come back, but that's just the, the genius that is Coach Leach. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Um, passes away at the age so of 61. So many great stories. Yeah. Uh, we'll have more uh, reminiscing with this. We've got plenty of uh, guests lined up. Clay's going to be awesome with this tomorrow. He's be plenty of interviews with Mike Leach. Uh, Clay Travis will join us. Clay plus. has spent some time at a bar with Mike Leach also. Yes. Has some great stories from that in yes. their conversations. Uh, plus Bobby Carpenter and uh, maybe some more. We will also uh, discuss NFL matchups and we will take a look at the NFL playoffs as it stands right now. Currently, the Patriots are in. A game above 500. Hope you'll join us Wednesday for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.